0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Mario Ramil, in this tight-ass suit in Little Havana, asking people what are their thoughts on the COVID vaccine. So what are your thoughts about the vaccination? You know, this pandemic is getting worse and worse. I think it's good to be vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I got vaccinated as soon as I could. Were you scared at all to get the vaccine? No.
1: I'm thinking that it's just the pharmaceuticals are trying to get people to be able to take the vaccine just to make money off of it. I'm getting the vaccine, but I just kind of want to let it play out. You
0: don't have the vaccine. Let's wrap this. (laughs) Let's go.
1: I've been affected by the COVID three different times. Okay, hold on.
0: The vaccines are out. Are you for it? Are you against it? What are your thoughts? For it. uh, We've both been vaccinated. It's a personal choice. Um, I've been vaccinated and I think everybody should. You're doing it for your family, you know? What if your stepdad sucks?
2: When oh, you know. It's not a scam. This is a real disease.
0: People that say things like YOLO. Should we be wasting vaccines on them too? <laughs> I don't think it's a waste. I think everybody deserves the opportunity to have it. And we're just guinea pigs. I think it's a big front. It's b.
3: Bull- Watch the language! While the U.S. government oscillated between Operation Warp Speed and Operation Rap Speed, the American public waited with N95 bated breath as scientists churned out not one, but three COVID vaccines. The vaccines were then promptly and efficiently rolled out throughout the country. We reached herd immunity within months. And by the spring of 2021, we were back to bar crawling and bear hugging. And okay, the last part's not true, but a girl can dream. According to the CDC, COVID vaccination rates are slowing down, but we're still nowhere near herd immunity. Vaccination sites have gone from not having enough supply to not having enough demand.
2: In Florida, some so desperate to get vaccinated, they're dressing up like grannies, according to health officials.
1: Today at Delaware's Dover
4: Speedway,
3: this slow crawl of cars is a race to vaccinate. This slower rate of vaccinations is once again more prevalent in communities of color, i.e. the ones hit hardest by the pandemic.
5: We have a new study out that shows that one in three unvaccinated Hispanic adults say they want the vaccine as soon as possible. That really signals that there is an opportunity to boost vaccination rates and close those racial disparities in vaccination rates by addressing the information needs and access barriers that may be affecting Hispanic adults. Things like not having paid time off through your job. So going to get the vaccine and having to take a day off due to side effects means either putting your job at risk or going without a day's wages, which if you're in a low income family can make the difference in terms of whether or not you're able to meet your bills. So it's no longer a question of eligibility, but there are still potential access barriers. There has been an uptick in the share of people vaccinated who are people of color, particularly Hispanic people, which suggests we might be starting to turn a corner to begin to address these disparities, but there's still a lot of work to be done to close those gaps.
3: While experts initially blamed the drop in vaccinations on a lack of access to vaccines within these communities, now many believe vaccine hesitancy may have more to do with it.
1: Vaccine hesitancy is as old as vaccines themselves. If you go back to the first vaccine invented by Edward Jenner in Europe, it elicited protection against not just cowpox, which is not harmful to humans, but also smallpox, And right away, people became concerned and uncomfortable about this new technology because they thought it was sinful to be mixing species. Over time, vaccine resistance has changed, but it has always reflected sort of the current anxieties of the time. My research started around 2015, and back then, uh, pediatric vaccines were the thing that people were most worried about. So the concerns that Um, Big Pharma is uh, cutting corners on safety and maybe harming children as a result was a huge concern. I'm not willing to dismiss that as some kind of conspiracy thinking. I think there's lots of reasons to be concerned about industry influence on research. Thinking about vaccine hesitancy is instead of being dismissive of the concerns people have, you need to listen to why the hesitancy arises. And it sometimes comes from a very reasonable place. And I'd, I'd say the kind of uh, historic and contemporary um, poor experiences of healthcare care is um, a place where you need to actually do the kind of repair work instead of trying to say, why don't you trust science?
3: Misinformation is definitely a culprit behind the hesitancy and something we've become depressingly familiar with. Whether it's Russian bots spreading election lies on Facebook, QAnon conspiracists calling out satanic pedophile cabals, or that a strange relative sliding into your DMs about chemtrail theories. I will not go down that rabbit hole again, Jorge.
6: In the middle of December, my mother, who runs an elder care facility, who's been in the healthcare industry now for about twenty years, uh, when she told me that that they were going to come in and actually vaccinate her elderly patients, her residents, her her whole staff, she told me that she was hesitant to take the vaccine. She had been targeted through WhatsApp. Uh, misinformation saying that the COVID vaccine was technology never used on humans and it was all in Spanish. At Latino, we ended up setting up the Latino anti-disinformation lab because what we're learning is that a lot of this anti-vaccine information that is targeting the Latino community is supposed to create a distrust in government.
3: When it comes to combating vaccine rumors with facts, it can quickly feel like a game of fake news whack-a-mole. Especially if you're one of the third of Americans who regularly gets their news from facebook I mean, Facebook. And in an age when we're constantly being fed updates and alerts from multiple devices at any given moment, sifting through the BS might require a little more effort.
6: There's like a fire hose of information that's coming at people. And it's really hard for people to sort out. The vaccines will not give you COVID-19. I'm going to say that again. They will not give you COVID-19. They don't have the virus
7: itself in the vaccine. There's no microchip. No one's going to put a microchip in um, when,
1: when you get the vaccine. It does not change your DNA. None of the vaccines that have been out there has that capability of doing that.
3: It's one of the most effective tools that we have to protect ourselves, our families, and and going back to normal. Within our community, the way misinformation and COVID vaccine skepticism has spread has to do with the larger campaign against vaccines. The anti-vaccine movement, which dates back to the 18th century, is rooted in a general distrust of governments, scientific institutions, and a rejection of mandatory vaccination, not necessarily the vaccines themselves.
6: We are not an anti-vaccine organization. Our mission statement is protecting and advancing informed consent, medical privacy, and vaccine choice. We gathered and we rallied and we got into the Capitol and we joined forces with other like-minded families. Our organization has grown by leaps and bounds the last few months um, because so many individuals are concerned about being mandated to take this vaccine. Keep in mind, it is authorized under the emergency use authorization. There's a lot of people who are saying, you know what? We just want the science to just get a little bit farther down the road before we have to take this vaccine. Or they're saying, you know, if I take this vaccine and something does happen, if I'm injured. Who is liable? And so they're weighing the risk and the benefits. They're looking at all the different choices they have. And they're saying, you know, hey, maybe I want to wait a while for this one.
3: And when we look at events like the Tuskegee study, it's obvious why communities of color might be skeptical about a federally funded vaccination rollout.
4: My name is Carmen Head Thornton, and I am with the Voices for Our Father's Legacy Foundation. It is a 501c3 organization that was established in 2014 to honor and preserve the legacy of the Tuskegee Syphilis Study. My grandfather, Fred Tyson, was a subject of the United States Syphilis Study um, at Tuskegee. Um, He and 625 other men were experimented on. During the time of the study, which lasted for 40 years, Penicillin was found to be an effective treatment and cure for syphilis. And even after the penicillin was found to be an effective cure, the men were still not given the treatment. Some of the men' families uh, suffered tremendously because of loss of life um, and because of loss of jobs because they were too sick to work. Um, so there some tremendous and longstanding effects um, of the syphilis study. We um, recognize that mistrust exists in the medical uh, community and in, 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 in healthcare, care, um, but we understand that um, research is important, that research works when it's done ethically and justly. And so we are encouraging people to make the smartest decision about their health, not just by, um, getting the vaccine, but to really get educated and learn about the different types of um, vaccines there are, to learn about, um, you know, why there's hesitation, um, and, and to make the best decision for themselves.
3: Today, the anti-vaxxer movement is strongly associated with claims that vaccines lead to autism, based on a study that has long since been debunked. The fact is, vaccines have decimated a whole host of infectious diseases. Like tetanus, chickenpox, polio, oh, and mumps. Don't know anyone who's ever had mumps? Exactly. But anti-vaxxer voices grew louder during the pandemic.
6: We're talking about just 5% of
0: the county here fully vaccinated, and just 8% of the folks in this county have received the first dose here. I'm not going to get the COVID vaccine. I don't feel like I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm good. I don't need to. I take vitamins and whatnot. All you got to do is go to Facebook, and and you'll get bombarded with the people thinking that the vaccine is going to kill them.
3: New research shows that red states and Republican voters seem to be more hesitant about the vaccine than their Democratic counterparts. Efforts to combat pseudoscience and misinformation in the time of COVID can be seen throughout Texas's Latinx community. Despite being eligible since March, the undocumented community in Texas isn't accessing the vaccine for a host of reasons.
2: When the vaccine became available to more folks in Texas, uh, more than, and then it became available to everyone, we kind of anticipated that there would be problems with undocumented people or immigrants accessing the vaccine because we knew that, I think the first high-profile case we heard was of Jesus Diaz, a Junta member. He went to UTRDD to get vaccinated and he waited online line for four hours and when he got to the front of the lines, a, vaccine, a UTRDD staff member told him he needed to have a U.S. ID and that the vaccine was only for American citizens. But unfortunately, that wasn't the only case we heard. We heard of folks at an H-E-B here, it's a supermarket, staff members who perhaps didn't have a bad intention, but because they were misinformed, uh, they turned people away. And for Latinx communities, we're already being targeted by disinformation or misinformation online, in Facebook, WhatsApp, and then you go home and you hear that your, your spouse, your dad, your neighbor was rejected because they're undocumented. What the law says is, and this is directly from the Department of Homeland Security's website, is that... Every person, regardless of immigration status, should receive the vaccine as soon as it becomes eligible. It's not enough to just post that statement because the only people who are gonna read that statement are people like Lupe or journalists who are seeking that information.
3: Other grassroots organizations have also been stepping up around the country, educating communities and increasing accessibility. With almost 600,000 lives lost from COVID-19 in the U.S. alone, stopping the spread of misinformation is a literal matter of life and death.
0: Meet the Vaccine Hunters. They're a grassroots collective that has helped thousands of people in Maryland get vaccinated.
8: The Vaccine Hunters are a group of eight high school teachers. We're all friends. We came together when um, vaccine appointments opened up for not only teachers, but for seniors, because we saw how difficult it was for teachers. We created a Facebook group. We created Instagram. We created Twitter. We have a Google account for people to reach out to us. And from there, we started securing appointments on their behalf. At this point, we have done over 15,000 easily.
0: They also go by Las Casa Vacunas in Spanish, helping the Latinx community get access to vaccines.
7: Our community has gotten so hard hit. We have a high number of deaths. And then they're the ones that are m- most exposed due to their jobs, um, and they're the ones that are least able to access vaccines. When they see Las Casa Vacunas, they're like, they speak our language.
0: They even have some unconventional methods to get people vaccinated.
7: At the end of this clinic, we had a certain number of vaccines. And Dr. Peralta and the vaccine hunters decided to go to the local Home Depot. And then we found a pupusa truck. Dr. Peralta vaccinated the people eating in front of the pupusa truck, and then the workers saw how easy it was, and they just stuck their arm out their window. They got the vaccine, and we will come back to them in four weeks to get their second dose. If the people aren't going to the clinic, then the clinic needs to go to the people.
0: And now that children as young as 12 are eligible for the vaccine, their work continues.
8: Like, as humans, it it is our, our, our duty to, you know, to help others and help those in need.
3: As for social media misinformation super-spreaders, Facebook, who owns WhatsApp and Instagram, claims to be running one of the largest online vaccine information campaigns in multiple languages, including Spanish, removing content on their platforms that violate their vaccine misinformation policies. It's about time Zuck and the rest of the Facebook team invest as much time combating disinformation as they do censoring nipples.
0: Well, one of the things we wanted to look at was we know the social media platforms allow bad actors to put content, so um, anti-vaxxers to put content on their platforms. But we wanted to know, are there algorithms uh, in any way giving it a boost as well? And we discovered that that's exactly what was happening. We studied Instagram's algorithm and we found that if people were following wellness influencers or health accounts, which are sort of from the fringes, they would be fed actively recommendations to go and follow anti-vax accounts. Worse still, if they are following anti-vaxxers, they are being told to look at anti-Semitism, white supremacy, QAnon, and vice versa. They say that they are, they've changed their rules, they've banned anti-vax content, and they are going to take tough action against people who spread misinformation. So we are—we went to check, are they taking action against misinformation when they see it? So we reported secretly a thousand bits of misinformation using their own platforms to the social media companies. We then went back and audited how many of those bits of mis- misinformation had action taken against them. Fewer than one in 20. It's an appalling record. Of taking action. The second way of analyzing it is looking at what they do to the biggest producers of misinformation. And yes, it is true that since the disinformation doesn't came out, they have taken action against some of the key anti-vaxxers. We're really proud of that. But they haven't taken comprehensive action.
3: While it might be a convenient narrative to assume anyone who hasn't gotten vaccinated is either completely against it or a victim of social media hysteria, the reality might be more mundane. Like, Lacking up-to-date, credible information or just not making the time. But a lack of certainty during the pandemic has left many vulnerable to misinformation or to relying on sources that confirm our own biases or provide a sense of control during a highly chaotic time, which is both understandable and deeply troubling.
8: I think information literacy is the single tool that we just can't get enough of. We've gone from just a few folks being in control of the information that we all receive, whether it's on television or radio, to everybody being able to put whatever thought they have into the web and people automatically assume because someone didn't get a vaccine that they're an anti-vaxxer. I consider these groups of folks to be people who, yes, um, haven't really made a decision, right, but they are open to being swayed, right? And some of this is a little bit of a wait-and-see mentality. And a lot of that scientific and medical mistrust is for good reason, right? We look at very popular stories like Henrietta Lacks and the ster- forced sterilization of of women. Those things happened all the way into the 70s. I think one of the things that I hope people understand is the COVID vaccine was made possible because of years of ongoing research. I think some folks uh, have some general concerns about what's actually in the vaccine versus what people are telling them. And I'm like, please know you won't get anything for free. Uh, no one's gonna add anything extra in there. I think one of the best things you can do for yourself is really ask, A, what's this source of information? Um, is it a source I can trust? Is it a source that I should trust? Can I verify it anywhere else?
3: The thing about conspiracy theories or pseudoscience is that advocates don't need to convince people they're right. They just need to convince people that no one is. So do your research. Be judicious about the information you get on social media and prioritize your health. So we can all get back to complaining about never-ending despedidos at family functions or double-dipping in the guacamole or standing uncomfortably close to strangers at a Bad Bunny concert. Assuming you're part of the elite Satanic cabal of people who could afford tickets. Too soon. I'm Gabriela Fresquez for Radar 2021. Thanks for watching Radar 2021. Please like, subscribe, and comment down below and let us know what issues are important to you. Because let's be honest, there are a lot of issues to choose from. So So many.